Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Stories. What do you get when you take a travel guide about rabbits who travel around the world, you throw in some adventure, and you throw in some fun facts? You get Bun Bun Amigos, that's what you get. So sit back, relax, and grab your favorite beverage, and I'll see you on the other side. See you there. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Stories. Today I'm joined with Mo, who is the author and creator of Bun Bun Amigos podcast. Welcome to the show, Mo. Hey, Reed. Thanks for having me. So why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got the idea with Bun Bun Amigos? So it's Bun Amigos. So Bun Amigos. Bun. But one okay. of the characters is Bun Bun. So I I, I definitely see the uh, the, alliter- the alliteration you know, confusion. Um, I um, have uh, been dabbling in filmmaking for the last 15 years. And um, I was working on a project, um, a podcast in the kind of action adventure space. So it's fully scripted actors, sound effects. And it was really interesting because I was having a hard time getting traction for it. And a lot of people said, we love this podcast pilot, but who's it for? And, you know, um, I learned quickly. You, you can't say it's for people who want to hear something fun because that's not a real demographic. No. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It doesn't really um, fill any kind of demographic. They want either adults, children, or somewhere in between. Exactly. So um, COVID hit and uh, me and my my son got uh, very active walking all around our community. And we found, noticed a um, a hutch of bunnies in the neighborhood. And um, we messed around and uh, started naming these bunnies as we saw them on our you know daily walk and uh, coming up with adventures for the bunnies. My son decided that um, they should have Pokemon powers. And uh, <laughs> I decided they should be international super spies. I called that uh, iteration Hop Fast, Hop Furious. Um, he didn't like that title. So um, I, I think we kind of reasoned um, to make it uh, Bun Amigos. And, you know, there was the question of, you know, should this be a book? Should this, what, what should this be? Um, I also have uh, the interesting distinction of having tri- traveled to about 54 countries. And um, I love travel. My, my son's been, he's 10 now. He's been to nine countries. And um, yeah, it's just kind of talking about these bunnies traveling consumed enough of my, you know, subconscious that kind of make it into a podcast seem to make sense. Uh, I live in Los Angeles, California, so um, it was very easy to find some of my actor friends who mm. uh, are super talented and often in between jobs. And uh, yeah, Bun Amigos was born. So that, that answers my one question. How did you get the voices for all your rabbits? You used your friends. Yeah, I mean, friends, uh, I, I definitely met a lot, a couple people in the process. Um, 
a couple of people who are voices are uh, professional voice actors and they um uh one of my actors uh kim miller she is worked on dozens of kids podcasts and uh you know she mm. actually not just being an actor she she gave me a lot of coaching on like what this could be yeah now i notice with a lot of your episodes they're short is there any reason to that method of because they're like only like 15 18 5 um the big reason for the length is um just kind of looking at my target age mm-hmm. uh, it's for kids probably between 4 and 10 i think kids uh in the 4 to 6 range uh typically are looking for shorter content um kind of a little more explosive a little more uh you know fun and animated and kind of kids you know six six to ten start kind of really engaging in the content uh identifying with the characters and um you know following the story uh there is absolutely a a bigger story arc uh you know (laughs) each 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 episode um is either every two episodes um uh you follow the bunnies exploring a city and Mm -hmm. figuring out if this is a place other bunnies should go to um and so I cut those in half to just kind of um, address the, the the attention needs of some of my younger listeners. That, that's one thing I've noticed. I've talked with an, uh, an author who wrote a book for kids, and he made it short. And I asked him why, and he's like, well, because it's geared for kids, their attention is shorter. So you have to make it visual, and you have to make it shorter so they don't want their mind doesn't wander. Um, you know, I, I looked at the space and, um, you know, there, there are kids podcasts that go as long as 30 minutes. Um, and yeah, this is kind of where I started. Uh, Bun Amigos literally just launched about two months ago. Wow. So, uh, I'm, I'm really new at this. Uh, we've been working on it for about a year. And uh, we just launched in February. And, um, you know, it'll probably get longer as we start getting audience engagement. Um, it'll probably get longer, you know, um, as we start getting ad sponsors. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, right now I'm just saying, you know, do people like it? And so far the response has been good. So where do you see the show in a couple of years from now? Oh, I mean... Uh, hopefully they have visited a lot more cities. <laughs> <laughs> you, um, do you think current, it will branch out to a book or anything? Oh, I'd, I'd love that. Um, but you know, right now I'm working with, um, local schools in my area. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of them are interested in taking some curriculum around Bun Amigos and teaching summer schools and integrating it into, um, social studies classes. So, um, in the preschool and K through five grades. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this is something that um, parents can look to to uh, prepare their kids to go on a trip. I'm hoping it's something that um, families can look to to um, think about travel as not just getting on a plane, but sometimes just looking deeper into their own hometowns. I also hope that um, it's something that 
you know, kids identify with the characters mm-hmm. and, um, you know, find their own adventures. What I see it happening is like if a family goes on a trip, they can, and they and they go, you you want to know what's going on? Here, listen to the Bond Amigos, and they'll yep. kind of get them in the mood for travel and exactly. excited about their new destination, and exactly. they can kind of relate to the story about with with your bunnies traveling and they're traveling, so it's kind of a relatable thing. I tell the story of uh, when I went to the Louvre Museum in Paris. Oh, um, loved it. I went to the Louvre. Uh, I hadn't looked, read anything about the Louvre. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I was very confused when I see this little glass booth and they're like, yep, that's the museum. And so I get there and I'm unsure if I'm in the right Louvre. Maybe there's two Louvres, but no, no, this Louvre is, uh, you know, four stories underground. Mm. And that glass pyramid on top is not just a a design feature, but it also provides natural light to most of the museum on all four floors. That I didn't know. um, It is quite um, an amazing architectural structure, but I didn't know that. So I was just confused. Um, I went in, uh, I walked past lots of art, so much art that um, my head began to hurt. Got to ask you. When you walked into the room with the Mona Lisa, was it like crowd full of people? Well, this is the thing. I get to the Mona Lisa. The room is crowded, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Mona Lisa is behind, you know, six feet of glass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a lot smar- smaller than it looks on Bugs Bunny cartoons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and so then, you know, I looked around a little bit and realized I didn't have any other reason to be there. And Mm. in the 20 years since, I have learned so much about art Mm -hmm. and I have come to understand the Mona Lee, the, the, the Louvre museum was wasted on me because I wasn't prepared to go there. And so for me, I look at travel with kids and I see a similar situation where if you don't prepare the children to go on the trip, Mm -hmm. you know, they're, they focus on their discomfort yeah instead of on the wonders of what's around them they focus on um you know everything that's weird and different mm-hmm. and they don't appreciate the novel and the new and so there's a big part of bun amigos that hopes to help parents with that that reminds me i had a friend i used to volunteer at the planetarium here and my supervisor had three kids and her are all on the spectrum and they went out to Iceland mm-hmm. and she's looking out the window and enjoying all the beauty of Iceland and everything. And what are her kids doing? They're on their cell phones. Right. right, And, right. and she's like, guys, can you get your heads out of your yeah. phone yep. and look at the beauty around us? You're not going to see this again. Yeah. Ever. In Ever. your life. In probably. Your life. Yeah. Because I think because of technology today, Things are wasted on kids unless they have that interest in it. Right. And you and you can kind of gin up that engagement. But if you don't, it's, you know, at your own peril. Um, parents spend so much money um, affording these trips, so much money, so mm-hmm. much time planning these trips. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it is helpful if they're young people. Um, have a, a foundation to engage with it. 
you know, I took my kid yeah. to um, Inverness in Scotland, and he went to his first castle, and uh. he went to his. He was a little overwhelmed by the castle, but when we go to Loch Ness down the road, he he's in it. He's oh, there. Yeah. He's like, yeah. all right, because we're looking for the plesiosaur, you know? Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, you walk into the Loch Ness and it's everything Nessie. So right. they immerse you into it all, and your kid sees it all, and you're like, "Am I? Are we gonna see Nessie somewhere?" But he had already read books yeah. and studied and heard podcasts and seen TV shows on Loch on Nessie, so he was kind of prepared for that yeah. in a way that the castle, you know, right next door to Loch Ness, eh, you know, it's a big old building. Yeah, yeah, I mean. It all depends on what you're prepared for, really, if you think about right, it. Right. If you're prepared and you have an interest, you're going to be 100% into it. But if you have no interest, it's like going, it's like taking a topic in school you have no interest for, but you're forced to take it because you have to take it. Mm -hmm. You get bored. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the ADHD in you because. You can sit down, do something you're excited for, and then eventually it just tapers off and just goes down until you, you're no longer interested in it and you find something new. There it is. Yep. So anyways, let's get to know you a little bit. So where did you grow up? I grew up in Oakland, California um, in the 80s. Uh, and uh, I lived there probably until, what, my early 30s? Um, then I moved to Tokyo, Japan for a couple of years, and then I moved to Los Angeles where I live now. All right. What motivates you, inspires you and drives you? Oh man. Um, <laughs> those are three big questions. Uh, my, you know, my biggest motivation is that, um, I have, you know, I want to be a, a good parent. You know, and mm -hmm. I grew up um, seeing a a vast gulf between, you know, what my imagination could conjure and what I was capable of. Mm -hmm. And um, I, as an adult, I realized a lot of that wasn't necessarily true. But um, I think there's a way we get disassociated and disempowered because, you know, you shouldn't make it. You should buy it. Mm -hmm. You know, you shouldn't make it. You should. You shouldn't invent it. You should um, go see what they have for sale. And so, you know, a lot of this stuff is just me trying to be a good dad and trying to kind of encourage my son and his peers and you know, you know, kids in my neighborhood and um, in my global community that um, you could go do this too. You know. Uh, everybody knows Uncle Mo isn't that smart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if he can do it, you know, uh, it's it's doable. All right. What's the best compliment you've ever gotten? Um. Wow that that that's another heavy one. Um, I got my first piece of fan mail for Bun Amigos recently. Someone sent me a a picture of a letter their daughter wrote and. Uh, my heart really swooned with that. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I'm 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 a very contented person these days, and so like I'm not fishing for compliments. Mm-hmm. I'm also probably harder on myself than uh, most people are on me, and so mm-hmm. um, I've been told that uh, I should take more compliments. Mm. You know, I think some people are just being nice. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to I can relate to the compliments. I mean. When I first started my podcast and my blog, I got nothing, nothing. Then all of a sudden, I started getting all these positive feedbacks, and it just hit you right in the heart. All these people mm. saying you're doing a great job, and it, it's the, it makes you feel humble that you're doing it, something for people. It does. It really does. All right. What is your biggest failure, and what have you learned from that experience? Oh, uh, wow. Um, there's so many failures all along the road. Mm-hmm. Which one's the biggest? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably say my biggest failure happened many times, and it was probably being me not believing in myself and not being audacious enough, and um, kind of me undermining my own efforts for not trying, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, spent a lot of time in junior college, um, not, not, not really thriving, you know, doing well enough. And um, one day I um, went down to my local college and I spoke with a counselor who made it clear I had um, all the classes I needed to transfer. Um, And it was one of those weird things where I had been in junior college for almost six years. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I was so busy being busy, Mm -hmm. I wasn't getting anything done. And I've, I've found many moments like that where, um, you know, I have gotten busy doing things and almost didn't really, maybe didn't in my heart of heart expect it to succeed. Um, today, um, as a man of my age, uh, I think uh, another big failing I had was not trying to purchase property when I was younger. <laughs> because I'd be a very wealthy man. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about the property in the Bay Area, uh, and it's uh, it's 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 astronomical prices these days. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, again, I, I I look at that the same way I look at, at my transition to a four year college. You know, if I'd have tried, I'd be in a better space. All right. Tell me about three influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Oh, wow. Um, I think one of my more influential people was probably my wife, who, Mm -hmm. you know, is absolutely an encourager. And, um, you know helps me put things in context 
uh, especially when I feel like I'm failing. Um, she helps r remind me how far I've come and how kind of my success isn't at a thing isn't necessarily in and of itself, but oftentimes um, includes the the scaffolding and the infrastructure I had to create myself mm -hmm. to even get to this point to then in turn fail, you know? Um, it's like I had to climb a whole mountain to, uh, to fail in a way that some people just really show up and kind of give it half an effort. Um, I had a couple teachers in my life who um, were definitely um, inspiring to me, you know, um, they were both probably both inspiring to me and um, a lot more so uh, they put up with me. <laughs> <laughs> I relate um, being, to that. Being kind of a stubborn git with a, uh, a chip on my shoulder in my younger days. Um, and uh, I think third would probably be my grandmother who, you know, um, was a big influence in my life. And, you know, she carried herself with such grace. And if you knew her story and, you know, knew kind of the racism she endured um, as a child in Texas, uh, moving to California and kind of dealing with a whole other level of racism there. Um, she had a way of kind of seeing the blessing in a lot of situations. And uh, that has definitely affected me. All right. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Wow. Um, you know, working with good people. All right. I, I, I really enjoy, I've, I've created a great team for Bun Amigos um, of writers and voice actors and editors and publicists. And, you know, I, I find when I'm on a good team and everybody's kind of pulling together and pulling their own weight, like there's just a, there's just a, 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 it's like an orchestra playing the right music. Mm -hmm. You know, there's really a song to it. All right. Finish this sentence. I am at my best when? I'm at my best when I get up in the morning. All right. <laughs> All right. I'm a, I'm a morning person. Okay. If you can turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him about where you are now in life? Uh I would tell 18-year-old Mo to uh, finish some things because um, there's a place for them. All right. If you can have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Uh, a watched pot does boil. <laughs> okay. What do you think the world would look like in five years? Uh, I I can't invest myself in that. Um, I'm very much, um, I've just learned to live in the present mm -hmm. and to be present. 
and to enjoy the present and to not be anxious for the what ifs and the why causes. Um, yeah, today is uh, today's a gift, you know, mm -hmm. and really the only choice I have is to make the best of it. All right. What was your favorite subject in school? Uh, my favorite subject in school was probably history. All right. Would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I would consider myself a extroverted introvert. All right. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be and why? Um, helping people. All right. Tell me about where you are now in life. Um, today, I'm in a good place. Like I said, um, I spent a lot of time wishing, you know, people would let me do things. Mm -hmm. um, I spent a lot of time hoping I would be picked for things. And um, I feel fortunate that I also spent time doing the work. And so today I'm in a place where I can choose myself and, you know, produce a podcast, you know, that like, that's awesome. Yeah. Now we get to the part where everyone wants to hear the famous question. What is your favorite word? Oh, my favorite word. Um, I think my favorite word is probably inshallah. All right. What is your least favorite word? Can't. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, and emotionally? Um, I like... Yeah, I, I think I have a teacher's heart. Mm -hmm. And so I think if I can hide a message in something, it makes me happy. Okay. What turns you off? Um, what turns me off? I, I feel like there's a lot of dumb content. You know, where it's like, if you thought about this two seconds longer, you would see that this doesn't make sense, that this is totally offensive, that this is a spin on a thing. Um, I, I was uh, talking to a buddy of mine, and he was talking about how um, John Wick is, is a villain, because he kills thousands of people because somebody killed his dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's this homicidal maniac. Um, but, you know, if you give him a theme song and you light him right, uh, he looks pretty awesome, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. And um, I absolutely think the John Wick 
franchise has become uh, almost like a joke. I think it, it's making fun of itself. And I appreciate it as such, but I think there are a lot of situations where people don't realize uh, this is bad. <laughs> sort of like sequels don't sell. I don't know about that, but um, yeah, I think I think um, yeah, I I definitely. I think uh, we we valorize bad things in our society sometimes. All right. What is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word is hella. Okay. And that's because I'm from the Bay. All right. What sound or noise do you love? Sound or noise? Um... It's funny. I'm making a podcast. I'm not really an audio guy. I like the smell of bacon. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't like the smell of bacon. I mean, I mean, you 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 want to bring me joy, you know? Bake some bread, you know. <laughs> uh, what sound or noise do you hate? Um. Uh, again, you know, actually. Sound or noise that I love would probably be a good funk track. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a sound or noise that I hate. Um, I, don't, I don't know that I have one. All right. I'm sorry. What is your favorite color? My favorite color is gray. What's your least favorite color? My least favorite. I don't have a least favorite color. All right. I'm not too judgy. Okay. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, carpenter. What profession would you not like to do? Um, ditch digger. All right. If I've, heaven... dug some, I've dug some ditches. That's, that's <laughs> not my thing. No. <laughs> All right. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, you know, if I get to the pearly gates, I, I I'm, I'm winning. You know, mm -hmm. and anything on top of that is cherry on top. You know, that's gravy. All right. When you arrive at heaven, who would you like to meet? Um, Paul Robeson. All right. What what podcast do you recommend your my audience or your audience recommend to um, read or listen to? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, I got into making podcasts because I already had a um, probably thirty hour a week habit. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> um, I have so many moods that I enjoy so many podcasts. Um, if I had to pick one, which I don't want to do, um, it would probably let me look. Let me look on my phone. Um, I I thoroughly enjoy um, Akimbo by okay. Seth Godin. That that brings me a lot of joy, but I also thoroughly enjoy uh, the Questlove Supreme. 
right. um, because I'm a, I'm an old music head and mm-hmm. uh, just hearing the stories of behind the scene make me happy. Um, let's see. Is there any, see, I deleted the ones I listened to, which are the ones I love. <laughs> uh, everybody should listen to Bun Amigos. How about that? <laughs> yep. What else you got? And finally, where can people find you on the web and find out more about Bun Amigos? Um, you can go to bunamigos.com. That's B U N N amigos.com. Uh, you can see some of my other work at ashyfeet.com. I just worked on a uh, podcast documentary called The Class of 1989 with Podglomerate and the, the Michaud Mission. It talks about the six films from 1989 that changed the course of cinema. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I also make role-playing games and uh, you may decide uh, there's, there's analog games out there that you may want to play. Um, yeah. You can see see all the random stuff I'm up to. All right, everyone. That was Mo from Bon Amigos. I'll catch you in the next one. See you later, everybody. You and I were hiding in our rooms while the sky burned. Getting high off of the fumes, feeling like the bombs outside with flowers Me and you stay watching through the glass as the moon came Bodies holding hands feeling truly like our lives are movies I swear it's all a dream no need to be afraid Someday we'll fall asleep and won't recall things Some believe there's no escape like pain's poster. I love the way we see the world Ooh, yeah I just don't agree Ooh, yeah. yeah I love the way we see the world Yeah I just don't agree I love the way we see the world Right there Staring at the sun We spent our nightmares Falling in love I know you feel this Can't tell The way we see the world I love the way you see the world.